Stella Marshall Former through your ball Number 89 Hustle of a time Travis on the right Hot mic on the left Every single week is a lyrical fact Now I'm ready to go Santana Marshall Santana Marshall Got me in the intro It's time for the show Santana Moss Show podcast coming to you from D's Barber Grooming and Salon in Tacoma, D.C., the home of Clinton Yates. Yeah. Clinton Yates has been getting his haircut here since high school. Did I get that right? Is this that is high very school? true. I grew up in this wow. neighborhood. My mom's here. Family's out here. My cousin D's out here. We got a lot of folks in the building. So we I'm have happy. a Yates family reunion. That's when you know it's real. Really dope. We are home right now. Travis Thomas here, Santana Moss, Clinton Yates, of course. What's up, gentlemen? Sir? Welcome. Hey, Clinton, man, they've done a great job. I feel at home in here. Hey, bro. man, that's why I come back. No matter where in the world I travel, this is where I come get my haircut. No doubt about it. Now, Tanner's wearing a hat, but I think his lineup's always on point. I ain't going to talk like. about no other man's lineup. <laughs> yeah. right. you know, Tell you what I'm not going to do is join on somebody's lineup. I know one thing about it. You know, I'm a little older these days, so I had to cut the fro and the braids for a reason. So I'm just giving you a hint. <laughs> Things don't grow no more up there. Hey, Clinton. I'm the last person to talk about I was going to say, man, you out here dogging people. Haircut. What's going on with you? I can't talk about anybody's haircut. So, look, let's talk about Dwayne Haskins. Can we do that? Now, I'll say this. I'm not going to sit here and act like the guy's Tom Brady. None of us will do that, I'm sure. However, this is what I like that I've seen from him. I didn't like the fact that he was sitting on the bench and they were saying, he's not ready, he's not this, he's not that. What I wanted to see, I knew he would struggle. I knew this team would struggle. They have both done it accordingly. But I wanted to see, is the kid tough? Does the kid have grit? Does the kid have guile? This offensive line stinks. We all know it. He doesn't have any weapons outside of Terry McLaurin. We all know it, right? But can he stand in there in the pocket? Can he get hit? Can he get back up? Does he show leadership? Does he show he'll keep coming at you? Is he a competitor? Does he keep you in a game? I feel like I've seen that so far. Am I wrong, Tana? I mean, that's one thing that you got to look at right now. You can't pay attention to what everyone's going to expect from a kid that basically has nothing. You know, the offense is not right now built for him to succeed. You know, he's in offense where, like you just spoke about, the weapons. They're depleted from the tight end position on out to the receiver position. The only one guy out there that you really can rave about is Terry McLaurin. And then you have the other guys that's trying to step up and be those kind of guys. You got a young guy in Harmony. You got Sims Jr. Those guys eventually will come around when they give them more burn. But when you look at the thick of things, you know, this game is played in the trenches. If you don't have those guys in the front hitting on all cylinders, how can you expect a young Haskins to go out there and dissect these opposing team's defense. When I watched that game against the Jets, he didn't lose that game. You know, Greg Williams beat the Washington Redskins. He outcoached them. I knew coming into that game, Greg Williams just being a guy that watched him in practice, watched him scheme up things to stop me and Porters in practice when we go ones against ones. He was going to bring different looks and enough guys to make sure he rattled that young guy and knowing that this is going to be one of the toughest games you ever played in. Now, to watch him you know, have some success at the end, it gave you a little bit of, you know, okay, I can feel a little good about this. like a glimpse. This. Yeah, because now if you can go out there and do that against a great Williams-led defense, knowing that he was going to out-coach your offensive coordinator, you know, we have something to hang our hat on, knowing that in the future when he's really groomed and he's really ready to go out there with an offense that he can really run and it's going to, you know, allow him to be good, then we can look for something. But right now, it ain't much you can look from. I look at that Sunday game and said he got out of there with – 
you know, not too much harm being done to his name and to his career, body, to his body. <laughs> but he got there unscathed, and and that's the one bright spot you can think about. Clarence, Clarence, what do you the one see thing, from him? That, well, the one thing that bothered me about the whole lead up into him starting was how they handled it. They sort of threw him under the bus for his own lack of reps. And you're thinking, oh, hold up, that's on the coaches. Y'all are supposed to be the ones coaching him up. I say this all the time. Quarterback is the worst coach position in the league. And they act like Bama's supposed to just come in and all of a sudden start lighting it up. I'm sorry, what's up with the development? Why is he not ready if you know that your quarterback situation is a problem? Alex Smith's been done. You should have been grooming him from the beginning. So the Jets game to me, it showed me that he could be a pro. He stood in there. I didn't love a lot of the balls getting batted down. I didn't love a lot of the sacks he took. But he showed the arm skill that we know he has. And he showed a little moxie, as you talked about. That part of him on the bench yelling at the guys, or to the guys, rather, on the offensive line. A lot of people in the national media wanted to criticize him for that, saying, you know, he's placing blame on people. To me, that was leadership. He's asking, whilst trying to be a part of the solution, what can I do to help you? Because we're out here getting embarrassed. That, to me, is what leadership is supposed to be, not the opposite. You know what bothered me about that part, though, of the game? It wasn't Dwayne Haskins asking the offensive line, what can I do to help, right? It was the way these fools was looking at him like he was speaking some other language. Listen, Tan, I want you to speak on this because you played the game at the highest of levels, okay? But if I have a quarterback telling my unit, my offensive line, that, hey, I'm getting crushed out here. What can I do to help y'all? To me, that tells me the kid wants to win. To me, that shows the leadership in the kid. I'm going to say something, right? Even if it's my bad, bro, we'll do better. Someone's got to speak up Some for the unit. Nobody said anything. They were all just staring at him. That, because, to me, was disturbing. Not from Haskins' standpoint, yeah. but from these offensive linemen. And these are veterans, yeah. Santana. But that shows you what we have on the offensive line. We don't really have that one leader. You know, we missing that guy. That Trent Williams would have came in there and said, I got you. That's right. another story. Bingo. That's I, a good I'm going to take care of this. And when you look at it, you know, who's the guys that are going to lead this ship on that offensive line? And so when, when I saw that snippet of him doing that, I'm like, you know, I looked at it as two different things. As a guy in his shoes, I would say you can't really get around the camera following you and watching you in that moment, but he could, probably could have handled it better. Let's get in here tight. And talking about Haskins? Yeah, both sides. I probably would have handled it a little different knowing the cameras following him. But I understand his troubles and I understand what he was going through at that moment because he couldn't do anything, you know, and everyone's going to blame him because he's the quarterback. But, you know, as a whole, the offensive line hasn't been good for years. And you want to sit here and talk about, well, what side doing good, what pro bowlers you have out there, scrap all that. You know, these guys haven't been good as a collective group. So he was trying to find a way. What can I do better? Can I get this ball out of my hands quicker? Tell me. Just give me an answer. And those guys were sitting there looking like, duh, like dumb and dumber, like they didn't know what they to say. <laughs> and to Shame. me, a leader would have stepped up immediately yes. and say, look here, man, we got you. Just do what you do. We got you. But they want to let him go on and on and on about that situation. If Trent's there, Clinton – Dwayne probably doesn't even have to do that. It's not even that. Yeah, and I think there's a morale standpoint regarding Trent as well. The way that whole thing is played out publicly, it's made the franchise look bad, and we already know what their reputation is regarding that, not just in D.C., but regarding the rest of the league. That reflected poorly on everyone. If you're an offensive lineman on that team, that's got to affect you at some point. You're thinking if a Pro Bowl guy who is a generational talent, who is a fan favorite, gets disrespected like that, what am I even doing here? The offensive linemen take the most health risks outside of running backs in football. And if they're not even getting respected writ large, I can't imagine they're feeling very motivated week in and week out to be the best they can be. Clinton, at ESPN, who's the OG that has kind of taken you by the wing and helped you out? 
I'd say Bill Roden. He's a guy who wrote for the I New York like Times him. for a while. He like wrote a him. book called Million Dollar Slaves that some of you all might know about. He played in HBCU, played football. And, you know, showed me the ropes. Said, hey, these are the traps. These are the kind of things that you're going to encounter, and here's how you deal with it. As a quick aside to that, you talk about guys like RG3, Bob. Don't think Lamar Jackson isn't benefiting from him being his backup. For sure. Because for all the mistakes that Bob might have made, he at least knew they happened. He was self-aware enough, even if he made mistakes from a PR standpoint, he's understood what it takes to at least stay in the league. And I yep. think Lamar Jackson is being helped a lot by a guy like Bob. And I think that's yep. a leadership position that we don't have. For sure. It just in terms of looking at that football team, we as in fans, to say, hey, why don't you turn to this dude? She sure. might have some leadership. Tana, what about you? I feel like you've talked about Mo Lewis a lot. I know Curtis Martin and you were tight. Mo too Lewis just got on me. He wasn't giving me no. <laughs> Who he was a veteran that gave was, you Mo game? Mo Lewis was that guy that just made sure when I saw him in the locker room, I walked this way. <laughs> no, nah, honestly, though, but you need that guy. You need that guy to always check you and let you know that you nobody. You know what I mean? But, um, no, he was a good guy. I can say I got most of my help from, you know, Marvin Jones was family. You know what I mean? So that was immediately helped. I mean, before I even got in the door, he was basically showing me the ropes. Right. But uh, when I got there, surprisingly, people won't know this, but Lavernius Coles was the first person to take me on his wing. Wow. He's only a year ahead of me, but he had learned a lot. And he's a seminal. And then he was a guy. Oh. But like I say, Florida, that whole pipeline, you know, we run, right. you know, all us guys from Florida take care of Florida right. guys. Right. And, you know, he's a guy from Jacksonville. But besides a guy like uh, Lavernius I had Wayne Corbett that was just, you know, chipping away at me. I, my locker was next to his. But I think I got to give the most credit to Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin was the guy that I just watched run the ball. And you look at him and you look at how he comes to work and guys got on him. You know, Richie Anderson was our fullback and he used to say that when you walk in Curtis Martin's house, you're greeted by Butler and you had Maxwell playing in the background and he walked out Maxwell, like as if he was Prince. No, honestly, <laughs> it was funny. Like Richie Anderson would get on his man every day about, like, man, I went to Curtis' house for dinner and X and Y, Z happened. And I'm sitting there like, man, and Curtis was just laughing. Everyone was like, yeah. You know, so I, I actually thought it was true that he was living like That's this. Funny. But he's one of those guys you look at, you like, he can't be a ball player. He just was too... And I don't want to use this word because, you know, I hated that word myself, so I'm pretty sure he hated it. But he was pretty. Right. You know, he was a he guy. Was you, a looked, pretty boy. you looked at him, you like, damn, Curtis Martin <laughs> Curtis is Martin like. Was yeah, a pretty mean S curl movie, But too. you know what? He played the opposite. But if you he know his me. background yeah. and you know what he went through in life, you yeah. knew he wasn't See, that from guy. from Pittsburgh, right? You know, what? Yeah. If you the hear his sto look yeah. up his story. Right. He's a real one. It's yeah. like no other. So the stuff that he went through growing up and just, you know, who he became as a pro. Sure. Man, it was perfect timing for me to be sitting in those shoes that I was sitting in, having a guy like him to guide me. No doubt. Know? All right, up next to Detroit Lions. Now, if I could say there are some teams in this league who are just as bad, if not worse, than the Redskins, I'm putting the Lions on that list. Now, I felt the same way about the Jets, and the Jets came in here and I whooped up you. on I told you. I warned you. I warned you last you week You did warn that. me. I never listened. I'm hard-headed. That's why I had a 12-1 record last okay, week, Okay, we, we, we'll get to that. Right. I want to, I want we'll to jump to that. to that. We'll get to that. But look. To me, I'm talking that trash again. This has to be a game the Redskins win, right? You're at home. Why do you, hold on, hold on. Why do you think that? Because the same reason I felt last week, okay? They should have won the Jets game, but we won't go back. Here's like, the deal. On, what, what are you talking? That game was never close. Did, you can't tell no, me at any point you thought they were going to win I'm that game. I'm talking pregame. Okay. But here, okay. here's the deal. Here's the deal with the Lions. That's old news yesterday's paper. The Lions are now. Matt Stafford's out. Jeff Driscoll. Listen, you know I love college football. I watched Jeff Driscoll, and I watched Dwayne Haskins in college. Every snap of both careers. I've never heard of Jeff Driscoll until last week. I did, okay? He played at Florida. He was awful. If you tell me Driscoll versus Haskins, 
it's a no-brainer. It's Dwayne Haskins. Now, we understand the pieces around them, yeah. and this is the NFL. It's a different game. But I'm telling you, this feels like a game to me. The Redskins should win at home. What say you, Santana Moss? I put it like this. Games like this come down to coaching. People fail to realize you can put whatever player out there. I've been in these situations. I've been in games where it was me, Cooley, Portis, and we found ourselves on the losing end because it's about coaching. It's about who you have there that's putting us in the right or the proper situation for us to succeed. And when you look at it right now, it's about coaching. So I'm not going to count them out and say that they won't win the game, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's a for sure win because at the end of the day, I have to see what the defense is going to do and what our offense is going to do. Now, I do believe offensively we can find ourselves running the ball well this week. Even though I've heard AP is kind of a little hampered with a toe injury, but you have a guy like Geis, you can have Geis to come in there and spell him here and there. I don't want to get too happy with Geis and, and his performance last week and try to give him the load. You know what I mean? He's been injured twice so far in his career, so you don't want to jump out there and get ahead of things and try to give him too much to carry. But having him and seeing the way that he played last week, that gives you enough confidence knowing that he can come in and spell guys like AP or whoever else you might have in the backfield. But I think it's going to all lead down to, you know, how well these guys are coached, what scheme that they put in. And if you can go out there and coach a good scheme, look, if Driscoll beats you, then it's not him. It's what they put him in, the best situation that these guys put him in. So I want to see our defense play better. We can sit here and talk about Haskins all day. If our linebackers can't cover, they're going to continue to get beat. Because this league is about, you know, what you do worse. And, Match you know, ups. we see it week after week when it comes to the Patriots. And everybody want to know why Belichick is so smart. He's not. He just find a way to beat you at what you can't do. And that's what teams do. This is a copycat league. I've been well telling folks. Teams. I've been telling folks for years. In 2005, when I got here, every week I would come up on Wednesday, our first day of practice, and I would be met by the offensive coordinator. And he have a list of pass plays that the team that we're facing got beat on the week before. We're stealing okay. it from the other team. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you can't stop this, I have a guy that can run all this no too. No reason to go away from So it. why try something else? Right. And we don't do that as an organization. I don't know why. We don't do that as a team. I don't know why now. So I think when teams play us and watch us and study us, they're going to look at our defense and say, look, these guys play pretty tough up front. But when we get these guys into passing downs and passing situation – they can't cover. You have one of the best or highly paid corners out there that they put him in a situation that he can't be successful in. The other corner that's supposed to be your best corner, he's hampered with an injury here and there. You know, we got the week. So, and then your nickel guy, he hasn't covered on one since he's been here. So, right. just knowing what you have <laughs> in the secondary and then knowing your linebackers can't cover in space, they crossing routes, all that stuff, that's what I'm watching. Right. They're going to beat you right there. So, until we solve that problem, we're going to always find ourselves in a situation of trying to stop guys on the defensive side. One of the things to me that's important about coaching is not just preparation, it's composure. And so, that's where I'm not so sure that I'm just writing the Lions off because they found a way to win a couple games. Record matters. You got one win, dog. It's against the Dolphins. Like, come on. <laughs> Barely, what are we right? About? Yeah. Barely. It means that when it comes down to crunch time, if your coaches can't find a way to keep guys in the game – to execute the way they need to, what does it matter how schemed up you are? You know what I'm saying? And that's where this team falls short for me is that no matter what place they're in, it doesn't seem that they're ever leading on the front foot when it comes down to actually putting your foot on somebody's throat or actually you know, making a play, making a drive. That is on coaching from a different standpoint than preparation. It's about keeping Bama's in the game as far as their right. head composure is concerned, and they're not good at that. This is the Dwayne Haskins game. I'll tell you why I say that. Your barber, Ralph, who's a diehard Cowboys fan yes, for whatever. He there he is. Okay, okay, we hear you, Ralph. Thank you. Okay. Listen, the Cowboys last week played the Lions, right? 
Dak Prescott looked like Troy Aikman out there. I believe this defense, the Lions defense, can be had through the pass. I think Haskins, if that offensive line can give him any time at all, I'm taking the Redskins to win this game. I think Haskins will have a big game. All right, so that's our breakdown of that game. I want to go rapid fire through the rest of the game. Here we go. First, Tana, you have the floor. You mm. went 12-1 and one last week. I don't want to say nothing, but just pop my collar. If I okay. had one, I'd do it. Bingo. Okay, thank you. Bucks at Atlanta. Who you got? Both of these teams suck, but Atlanta <laughs> seemed like they got a little breath of fresh air after the bye, so I would give it to Atlanta. You know, they got Julio. As long as you have Julio and you have a, a decent backfield, you probably can win it. Yeah, I was going to say, they had a bounce-back week, so I'm expecting them to continue that momentum. Their guys are playing for jobs. In Atlanta, which means desperation. And when the coach is the most desperate person, that's when you typically get away. I'll go contrarian. Jameis is so up and down. Yeah. This could be a good week. Yeah, I'll go Tampa. Win. Denver at Buffalo. At Buffalo, Buffalo. Denver is a really sad story. They that are. team used to be something, and they haven't figured anything out at the quarterback position and don't appear to be doing so. Right. I think Buffalo has managed to show well for themselves this season. I mean, that's a good team. I'm not going to say they're a very good team or a great team. They're a good team. They'll beat a bad team. I think you're right. I'm taking Buffalo, and you know what? If I'm Denver and Elway and them, I'm on the phone. I'm trying to get Teddy Bridgewater. I'm trying Colin to get Kaepernick Cam Newton. Is available. Cam Newton, somebody. I'm trying to get Kaepernick, anybody in there. Giants at Bears. Oh, Giants at Bears. Damn. Trubisky. You got to think about that. Trubisky. I mean, I'm not going to say the Giants is going to go out there and dominate and just outright win. But I look at the Bears' defense. They should yeah. find a way to make it hard, yep. you know, for the Giants. But I'm going to go I'm gonna go Bears just because I don't like the Giants. That game in Chicago? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that'll be an edge for the Bears. They've been up and down all season. Their kicker's a debacle. They haven't figured it out with Trubisky. They don't have the key skills at the leadership positions they need. Right. You know, and they got to figure out what they're doing with Trubisky. Let's not forget who they traded up. That's right. To get past. They, I mean, they they, Mahomes they passed, and uh, Watson. Yeah, Watson That's too. That's yeah. crazy to me. And so he's really got to show something or else he's going to be out the league. This, and this was, is a game that he's got to win in order to prove that he belongs really in this hurting, league. He's really hurting mentally. His confidence is shook right now. And yeah. just seeing what you know transpired the other night you know, with the coach pulling him at the time he, he was pulled. And he said, Hated that move. he went and said, oh, well, I was hurt. I was right. injured early in right, the first right, half. Right. So make you scratch your head about how that relationship really is you know, with those two Bro, guys. Bro, that was an 11-win team last season. They are away from the Super Bowl. They are Some four, people might have said that on national television and gotten embarrassed <laughs> about it. They are four and six wow. and going nowhere fast. Pittsburgh at the winless Bungles. I think the record right now stands either eight or nine games in a row since last time these since guys you, have. where well, they play every year, but right. they have a, a winning streak right, right now, eight or nine games. Pittsburgh does, so I would give Pittsburgh yeah. the nod. I think They're they play team. pretty good. You know, they play besides what went on the other night with everything, the Mali, and you <laughs> name it. I'm glad to see the quarterback is okay. And he didn't get suspended, so that's another thing. Don't get me started about that. <laughs> hey, Trust hey, me, we can go along. We can have a whole other show that. about that. that I, to get I, I guarantee you that me and you are on the same side of that, <laughs> that argument. But to see these guys, they have potential, a lot of potential. Yeah. And even without Roskensberger and, you know, Antonio Brown, you name it, Le'Veon, these guys still have a lot of weapons. Tanner, you've been in hella football fights yeah. in your career. You ever seen somebody get hit with a helmet? Yeah, practice. <laughs> I mean, yeah. trust me, our practice fights is worse than what you see on TV. Common occurrence. So that's why, you know, everybody's in an uproar because, like, oh, it happened, and I saw it, and my kids saw it. You don't see what happens in practice. Right. Wow. They make sure that's not seen. And, and in the era where I played, it wasn't any social media allowed. So um, we had fights worse than that in college. I mean, it, we had to divide the locker room. Like, mm. you, you didn't even want to walk on the other side of the locker room because – 
at the end of the day, you know, he was going to go mm. down. To so. be fair, they also made two 30 for 30s about your school <laughs> because it was going down regularly. That's a good point. At Miami. Um, I rest my yeah. case. <laughs> Clint, you go on Pittsburgh too, right? I think that that situation last week is going to affect them. And the Bengals don't have a win this year. This is a winnable game for the Bengals. Yes. Do I think it'll happen? No, but I think this will be a closer game than you think. Okay, fair enough. Miami at Cleveland. Cleveland wins. I shouldn't say much about that. Miami's been playing pretty They've been playing decent. well. They've been playing better. They lack someone to lit a fire on them. And I'm pretty sure it's because of that coach. He's a great coach. He comes from a great system. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, Cleveland should get it done. Yeah, they don't need Miles Garrett to beat the Dolphins. Right. You know what I mean? And they look pretty good last week. So they, they won that game. People forget about that. The Browns won that game. Fracas aside, they look pretty decent. And Johnny Manziel, I'm Johnny Manziel, yep. listen to me. Baker Mayfield got back on track. He plays so. like Johnny Manziel. I know he looks like time. Johnny. He plays like Johnny. So I'll be calling him Johnny every once in a while. Drunk Johnny Manziel. I'm with, with you. I'm with you. I'm going Browns. Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans. I mean, yeah. too much Breeze, too much Mike Thomas, too much Peyton. I mean, the coaches himself. I think, you know, we just spoke yeah. about coaching and stuff. I think he puts these guys in the best situation. Yep. And their defense might be arguably one of the best in the league. So, man, you know. quiet is kept, man. The Saints are 8 and 2. It feels like a quiet 8 and 2 to me. That they Bridgewater been, like, situation. Dominant, I mean, dominant. that, you know, yeah. the quarterback situation made people forget about him. Yep. People wrote him off after Drew Brees got injured. But the Panthers are an interesting story to me because you saw what the owner said. This week comes out talking about, I'm not accepting mediocrity. You know, in business, I don't accept mediocrity. Wow. He's putting those guys in a weird spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they've got a decision to make about Cam Newton that they ain't making. So yeah. until they do, I don't expect them to be consistent at all, even though I like Ron Rivera as a coach. Give me a one word answer here. Out of the teams right now in the NFC in position to get home field throughout, who's it most important for? You have Green Bay, San Fran off the top of my head, the Saints off the top of my head. Who am I missing? Seattle. Out of those four teams, who is it most imperative to have home field? I feel like the Packers, right? Lambeau in January, who wants to do that? Yeah, who wants to do that? And then when you look at what the Saints have been through the last few years, I think they've been robbed from two Super Bowl oh, yeah. appearances. But, but they got at, robbed at home, didn't but they? at the same time, do they want home field knowing that now you're giving these teams you're facing – the advantage to come in and have good climate, you know what I mean? Right, being, that's true. Being good circumstances. So I'm Green not Bay. sure, but I would say Green Bay because Green you want Bay. you want people to come to Lambeau and have to deal with yeah. that. I think it's the Niners because they are relatively new to success. Right. And when you got a team with a head coach that hasn't necessarily established himself in Kyle Shanahan, yep. that home field advantage counts for a little bit more for the squad. Now, for the opponent, I think the Packers because it's a harder place to play, plainly. Sure. But sure. as far as how it's going to affect the actual team and not the other side, the I think the Niners that need that because they're better at home. I mean, they, you yep. see how they're dump trucking people all over the place. No doubt. All right, I'm taking the Saints in that game also. Oakland at the Jets. I'm taking Oakland. I like Oakland. What Tana I told, told you, me about man. Oakland in the preseason. Oh, he was right. Oakland, I thought he was watching too much hard knocks, Wild but he turned card, out to baby. be right. Well, yo, Oakland. I, I shouldn't have to say much about yeah. that. I think offensively, one of the things that I've been watching and I pay close attention to because being a guy that loves – you know, the old way of things on yep. the offensive side, everyone's getting caught into this pass-happy offenses. It's not going to win your championships. To right. see a fullback in the backfield in the offense, it allows me to know these guys have an opportunity to go out there and get it done. If I'm running 20 power or dive at you and you can't stop it, then guess what? I'm going to beat you with that. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, John Gruden has been always one of my favorites and, you know, seeing him have success right now, getting these guys back rolling the right way, I'm going to Oakland. I love the job that John Gruden's done there. People yep. forget that they had that oddball scheduling situation where they were on the road for eight straight weeks. Yeah. They came back in that Thursday night game, and it was a community field. They look good. Gruden's figured it out. I think he's up for coach of the year candidate simply because of what he had to do between hard knocks, mm -hmm. A, B, and the rest. 
So he's done a great job with that team. And look, it's unfortunate because they're finally getting it together right when they're moving. But I think that they're trying to show this city out in a good way. And that team, I think, is going to make the playoffs. I don't know that I thought that three weeks ago. I think that today. If I had a dollar for every time Tana has said to me, knock on wood if you're with me, man. (laughs) I mean, I'd be rich, man. Seattle and Philly. I'm going Philly. They're in a must-win situation. Must-win. Seattle's playing at where? Seattle or at Philly? It's at Philly. Mm, that's a good one. But if Philly uh, drops a five and six. It's over. I would say Seattle. Really? I'm gonna say yeah, Seattle. Seattle's a better football team, man. I, look, I go against anybody in the NFC East anyway. So at the end of the day, sometimes <laughs> I hear to, that Ralph? Sometimes I have to. Sometimes I have to get the Cowboys a nod when they playing teams that you just think that they should win or beat. But I'm gonna go Seattle, man. Too much Russ. Oh, uh, wow. defensively, clowny, man. If he can play like he played these He's last a few monster. weeks. You know, Philly isn't all that tough, man. Nope. They run the ball every now and then and give the offense a break. But defensively, to me, they have been a total letdown this year. Cause, well, not, not really because it's in the secondary. They're still trying to find somebody to get back there no doubt. at the corner position and lead that secondary. But I think defensively as a whole, coming into the season, you thought that D-line was going to be better, and yeah. they haven't showed that. Seattle's just a better football team than me, Travis. You're taking I, I, Seattle. Yeah. I mean, I think they're more talented. I think they got more on the line because they know that they can make a run. They're not losing this game if they're actually any good. And I yeah, think they, they got to have it. They got to have it, too, T- trying to keep pace with the Niners. You know, every barbershop I've ever been in, there's always one Eagles fan. I'm surprised there's no <laughs> Eagles representative. It's usually we got one. Ralph for the Cowboys. We ain't got to keep Oh, there's out. always a Ralph. Yeah. There's a Dolphin it's fan? a Dolphin in here? They still make y'all? <laughs> hey, they don't even want to claim it right now. They don't even want to stand I, up. I grew up in Miami, and I be eating. There he go. Oh, oh there okay, okay. There he is. There he is. Hey, so, congr- okay. hey I was we a big can, Dan Marino fan. Congratulations. We got, some, <laughs> we got some bottom boys in the house. That's what I'm talking about. That's all right, all we got right, one Packer right. fan. They're everywhere. Packer <laughs> fans are everywhere. Packer fans are bandwagon fans because they know when the Packers right. doing good, they jumping on that wagon. Jaguars and Titans. Does anyone care? <sighs> Absolutely not. The Jaguars. Right, I'll go Titans. Who cares? Look, the Jaguars' best story was their backup quarterback. Yeah, it and was. now he ain't playing. Yeah. Right. So I'm not that interested. I'll go Titans. The Titans I'll, are a debacle. I would go Titans because when everything fails, they run the ball pretty well. Yeah. So you know they're gonna probably go out there and just hand the ball off. All right. You knew Ralph was gonna be on camera for this one. I know, right? Come here, Ralph. Cowboys, Patriots. Come, here, Ralph. Come, Come on, here. Ralph. Come here. Talk your ish. All right, who you got? Cowboys, Pats, big game, national game. I mean, he only could tell, looking at that camera, he only can tell you, you one team. You know, if our defensive line can rush in like they've been doing and Brady's been getting hurt and hit like he's been doing, the Cowboys will win this game by nine points. Nine Ooh, points? Nine okay. points. All right, all right. So what is the spread this week? What is the spread this week? Tell uh, me. That's a good question. I don't what's know. The point? What's the run line? Ralph six might know and a half. Something. New England, six what's, and a half. What's the line? It's six and a half. It's six, and, six and a half. Yeah, six, six and a half. They're going to cover. All right, get out of here. Get out of here. All right. All right. All right. They covering. Hey, said. Ralph, can you give me what you're drinking, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the Cowboys win this game. I think he's right. It's amazing to you me. You think how, they win the game, I Clinton? Think, again, it is amazing to me how fragile Tom Brady is and everybody's ignoring this. That yeah. guy could not get up at any given moment. Thank yeah. you, Ralph. Ooh, I appreciate it. Man, that. Well, Tanner, where you going? I look at it like this. They're right about Tom Brady when it comes to just, you know, he's not who he was. But if you think about it, the Patriots won a lot of Super Bowls with Tom Brady not being Tom Brady. Sure. He was just a backup quarterback. Last year. So I look at it like this. I played this game for a long time, and you don't have to have 
all the key players. You just have to have the right coaching staff to put up a game yep. plan. And when you have a guy like Tom Brady yep. and enough weapons, they'll get the job done. Going Patriots. And defensively, these guys haven't been any slouches this year. So that's what I'm everybody going said to Lamar Jackson came through. Right. That and, Tom Bra- and, yeah. and check it out. I love that because I do believe in that. I will say that. I'm not a Cowboy fan. I do believe in that. And I think he deserves what he's owed and what he's due. But unless he's going to be Lamar Jackson, he's not winning that game. He ain't Lamar Jackson. Wow. Bingo. I'm going to middle it. I think the Cowboys cover the spread, but I think New England will win the game ultimately. Okay. I think the difference to what Tana was saying, I think Belichick versus Garrett is not even close, right? That's what I'm saying. It's going to come down to coaching. Sunday nighter, Green Bay at Niners. It's a big game. It's big brother, little brother. That could be an NFC title game. Big brother, little brother. You got Kyle Shanahan with little brother Matt. You know, people don't better realize Matt was a quarterback coach here at the Redskins. When Kyle left and went to Atlanta, Matt left and went with him. Right. And then Matt got his nod to go to Tennessee right. to be an offensive coordinator. Look, Matt LaFleur is running what Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan has taught him. You okay. know, the way he's running his offense, if you look at it, it's almost identical. Now, the personnel is a lot different when you have a guy like, should I say his name, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. When you have a guy like him, you almost don't have to coach that offense at times because he can be a coach yeah. by himself. But I would say this. Kyle Shanahan and his team as a whole, defensively, offensively, they're hitting on every cylinder. They are. To me, at a record pace. So, I would say they find a way to be green. I agree. I mean, look, let's let's think about what happened when they played the Seahawks. They did not have Kittle. They didn't have Sanders. And it still took overtime, a missed kick. It took a lot for a very good Seahawks team to beat them. I think the Niners are just better. You know what I'm saying? Again, there's one thing I respect in the league, Tan, and I know you feel about this. It's blowouts. You know what I mean? And if a team blows another professional team out as routinely as the Niners do, they got talent, man. Their margin of victory is the best in the league. They know how to win, and that to me is the biggest thing with them. They are skilled at victories. I'm going Green Bay. Here's why. Green Bay's coming off the bye, and I just feel like their formula right now, they're built like a playoff team to me. They're not necessarily built like a regular season team. They run the ball. They play good defense, unlike some Green Bay teams of the past that flamed out in the playoffs or didn't even make it. I don't think they're asking Rodgers to do too much. The Niners, Kittle, if he plays, won't be 100%. I'm not even sure he's going to play. Right. And they just feel due for a loss to me. And that's a wine and – I hear what you're saying I about home field. Saying, that's though. a wine and cheese crowd. Yeah. San Fran's not exactly <laughs> the black hole, right? I, no, I mean, I just absolutely don't, not. I don't feel like that's really a home field in stages like this. We know Rodgers is capable of beating anybody anywhere, anytime. I think Green Bay wins that game. Monday night, we got a doozy. The Ravens, red hot, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens go into L.A. to take on the Rams. Who do you like, Tanner? Man, the Ravens all day. Defensively alone, I mean, right now the Rams can't find them. No one in the passing game to really get open right now. You look at what they've been doing the last few years, you know, they can throw the ball to anyone and one of those guys make a play. And I think it all leads to what's going on in the backfield. Gurley hasn't been Gurley. Even the backup came in there to be able to be some kind of, you know, bright spot for them in the situation, what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Defensively, they bring in a guy like Ramsey and say, hey, he can shut down, lock down, whoever. And I think that's not what you can just say that's where we need to answer that. I mean, he's been a bright spot for that defense, but offensively is what you really need to watch. And the quarterback hasn't really had his share of freedom like he had in the past. So they can't throw the ball. They can't run the ball. So you already know. Lamar Jackson coming in town, and those guys are clicking. You know what I mean? Offensively, with the things he's doing, people fail to realize is that some of the stuff we've been seeing. You're talking about from, Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the stuff we've been seeing from Lamar Jackson is almost what we saw in 2012 with RG3. 
But the difference is, and I have to quote, and I have to say this because and I respect both of these guys' game. Lamar is a Florida boy, one. The way we play football down there is totally different from any other state. But at the quarterback position, when you watch guys like a Michael Vick, even Michael Vick, people have surprisingly been saying that he's playing better than Vick. I would agree. I would say this because some of the things that he's doing is all about instincts. He's out there playing football. He's not worrying about, I'm a quarterback and I should take this hit or I shouldn't take this hit. He's saying, the way I grew up in this game, you know, whether I played on the defensive side or offensive side, it's about taking hits sometimes and dishing hits. When I'm running this ball, I know I'm going to be hit. Guess what? I have shoulder pads on too. If I see you coming to hit me, I'm going to drop this shoulder and let you know that, hey, you know, yeah. give me your best shot. So he's playing ball at a different level than any quarterback because he's not labeling himself like they label him coming in. He's letting you know that I'm an athlete and I'm one of the best in this game. And I'm going to go out there and play this game the way I know how to play it best. I tend to agree, man. I think what we're getting at is that Lamar's a little bit smarter than Bob in that regard. And that's not a diss to Griffin. It's at just all. that he knows how to utilize his body better in order to be a more effective quarterback. And to me, it makes no sense to bet against Lamar Jackson at this point. You know, they found a way to make him as effective as possible. And I don't think the opponent doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. I just think that there's such a well-oiled machine that there's no reason for me to believe that's going to stop. They dump trucked the Pats. They kicked the crap out of the Texans. That game wasn't even close. You know what I'm saying? And you're thinking to yourself, what else do I got to look at before I have belief in a team? I got more faith in the Ravens probably than any other team in the league. Well, 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 what do you know? I disagree with the both of y'all. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. I'm taking the Rams. Same reason I'm taking the Eagles. There is no way in this loaded NFC that these teams like the Rams and the Eagles, as talented as they are, can continue to lose games. They will get left behind, and I just don't believe it. I'm not saying the league is fixed. I'm just saying there's no shot the Rams and Eagles will be this far out of the playoff hunt early right now. To me, they're going to be in it all the way to the last week of the season. In order for that to happen, they have to win games like this. I will take the Rams at home on Monday night to upset your boy Lamar Travis, Jackson. I've been in L.A. for the past couple of weeks, and I'm going to tell you something. That is a disorganized operation yeah. right now. The way that the coach and the running back and the quarterback are communicating does not lend me to believe that they're on the same page. Mm. That, to me, is as big a problem as anything when you're talking about, again, a well-oiled machine as your opponent. They might need to get back on the board, but if you can't figure out a way to get Todd Gurley involved in your offense, if Jared Goff can't complete a pass beyond 10 yards down the field, I mean, what are we talking about here? Right. Execution matters, and they're just not executing at a level I think that's going to beat the Ravens. I say this, too, also. The best thing that happened for the Rams last year was these guys coming here and being successful enough to go to the Super Bowl because mm. that actually drove everything that's going on with the teams moving there, the stadium and all that stuff. That gave that area a little enough hope to say, you know what, we're going to have something to really spend our money on. Sure. You know what I mean? Because you can't just come to L.A. and think you're going to be at it. L.A. is like Miami. Sure. You, know, you might lose to L.A. and a, not to the Rams. It's right. a lot going on in L.A. Yeah. So unless you want me to pack these stands, you have to give me something to really hope for right. or to you know, basically hang my hat on. So I think that was a good thing about them having that experience of having some success. Right now, things ain't going well. And no I care less about who you have coaching, who you have as players. Collectively, these guys haven't found a way to put it together. So I understand what you're saying when it comes down to it's too early to see these guys out of the hunt. Yeah. But guess what? They're in two different divisions. And the way the things are going on for the Ravens, defensively alone, they got the Rams cornerback, and no he's doubt. out there, what, his first four games he ran back two right. INTs. Right. Showing you that, hey, whatever was going on over there, that was the reason why I wasn't doing what I was doing. 
to me, he's made the Ravens defense that much better. No doubt. And they was Marcus already Peters. and they was already playing well. Yep. So I just think it's too much that they're gonna have to, you know, rely overcome. on to go out, yeah, basically to overcome to face that team, knowing what they do offensively and defensively. Sidebar, I'm stunting. I saw Jalen Ramsey at the Laker game the other day. He was oh, iced yeah. out, looking good. What do you think about was. that, dude? Just in terms of, of how, he was. how do you, what do you think about that guy in terms of how he approaches the game? You know what I'm saying? He talks a lot, he yeah. plays a lot. And I think he's been a boost to that team. You like his style? I like his style because he's a different breed. He's a guy that, you know, unlike Norman, Norman had that same flavor when he came to us. You know, I feel like what he brought to the defense was something that you want from your cornerback. You want that guy to be that guy that's in these guys' ears. Swag. Especially like me. Like, say, for instance, when I had to face guys like Ramsey, you can almost get me out of my game because now I want to fight you. Right. You know what I mean? If I hear it enough, if I hear it enough, scrap what they're talking about in the huddle, Forget man. The plays. I'm coming after this guy sooner or later. You know what I mean? So those guys are always needed on the defense. But when you can play and lock a guy down and talk that talk, hey, man, I, you coach, look here. Let's go away from him. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do something Let's else. Let's go away from him. So he's shown that in Jacksonville, and he came to the Rams and showed, look, y'all can play what you want to play on that side. Give me quarters, give me man. You put me in whatever you want to put me in. I'm going to lock this guy down. Ten, I ain't going to lie. When you said Josh Norman name, my blood pressure went <laughs> up, man. My pressure went sky I had, high. I just had to use him as an example. Saying his name made my pressure go high. All right, for taking L's, I'm giving it to Nick Saban. Here's why. I'm not going to blame him for getting that young man hurt mm. to a tag of Iloa. I'm just going to say the game was under control. Yeah. My man was banged up to begin with. Right. Take him out of the game. What are you doing? You leave him in the game. Now, the way he got hurt, it was a freak accident, really. I mean, yeah. it's football. Things happen. But he shouldn't have been in the game is my point. I'm giving the L to Nick Saban. I, you know, one of the things we do, we normally agree or just make fun of whoever's taking the L. But I would say this. Looking at that situation, both times he's been injured this year has been on rollouts or scrambles, whatever you want to call them. Him scrambling to his left and trying to make something of it. As a football player, I made it my duty to know how to be tackled and know how to fall and land. Mm. What I saw in that play is that the only reason why he got that injury to his hip is because he was still trying to protect that ankle. And so, What do you mean? Break that down. Because the way he landed. See, one of the things I was always told and one of the things I learned from just watching guys get hurt is once you have me in graps, once you have me, Go down. I'm letting everything go numb. I'm going to basically collapse like I'm a vegetable and collapse. I'm going to absorb that hit and let everything go. I'm not trying to keep my body up. My legs are going to come out of the ground so I can fall flat. And now the only thing that's going to be hitting the ground is just my body. I'm not going to have my legs or my ankles or my knees sitting up under me. So what did he do? Can be. And when you watched him, he's rolling left. He's a right-handed quarterback, right? He could have threw that ball and just fell. Fell on his shoulder, fell on his hip, you name it. But he threw and he balled up in a fetal position because he didn't want that ankle to be behind him and those guys who was tackling him to fall on it. So he tried to protect the ankle and end up losing his hip. So I can't really give Nick Saban the L because, you know, he was put in that situation. He was trying to run his offense accordingly, and I just look at it as the quarterback being young and not understanding the situation that he was in. I'm getting rid of that ball. You know, regardless of what's going on, I know I'm not 100%. I've been in those situations. I played having my career injured. So I understand that it's certain things I can do and can't do when I'm not my best. So the best thing he could have done is got rid of that ball and is let us see the next play. My problem with that, though, Tanner, is that preparation matters in terms of coaching. He's got to know that. Saban's got to tell him that. And so aside from the decision to start him, which I thought was foolhardy at best, 
Number one, because you don't need him at all to win that game. Never mind in the game keeping him in. And you messed up not only his career, possibly the season. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to be able to win the national championship without him anyway. So why are you even bothering risking him again? Ooh, Mississippi, Mississippi State? What are we Mississippi talking State. about here? Yeah. That just seemed like an, this is a big thing I have with football coaches in particular. Unnecessary risks will come back and bite you. This was a completely unnecessary risk, I think, for Alabama. And it made Saban look bad because he's trying to say it's a freak accident. I mean, all accidents on football fields are freak accidents. You know what I'm saying? You're out there colliding with right. people. That's how it happens. And so I just thought it was too risky for somebody who – obviously breeds champions at Alabama. What are you so good for yep. if you got to always play the best dudes in order to beat the worst teams? It doesn't make sense to me. From Dee's Barber Grooming and Salon in Tacoma, D.C., Travis Thomas, Santana Moss, Clinton Yates, and my fam. Peace. Make some noise, y'all. It's a Santana Moss show. Home of the ball Number 89. I'm all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week is a lyrical.